the blast from our past network. Folks, this just in. The ongoing comic book discussion podcast confirms comic books are cool. Aliens. Uh, <laughs> well, aliens. I did it, Corey. I watched it. I am nearly 30 years old and I finally watched it. I know. I did it. Well, well you watched <laughs> Alien and Aliens back to back in one day, something that I've never even done before. And uh, and then you also read uh, <laughs> Aliens Defiance, which is, hey, guys, welcome to the ongoing comic book discussion podcast. I'm Corey. Yes. I'm Tess. <laughs> there we go. <laughs> All right. So, yeah. And we're, uh, we're going to be talking about uh, uh, Aliens Defiance, the Dark Horse comic series. Um, but uh, let's, you know, a little backstory. This was your first experience with it. But I, I imagine yeah. you kind of you've seen Ripley before, right? Or at least you had an idea of who she was. Sigourney Weaver's character. Yeah, um, yeah, I didn't really, I didn't know who she was, to be honest. I okay. just knew that she was, that was Sigourney's character. And, like, every time I'd bring up, like, I kind of want to watch Aliens. People that know me know I don't like gore, and they're like, no, you're going to hate the gore. And I was like, I watched it, and I was like, there's not that much gore. That's the only reason why I didn't watch it. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah, I mean, Alien is the one that's a bit more gory, but I mean, truthfully, it only has a handful of scenes. Uh, most of the deaths kind of just happen off screen, which is, you know, that that's, yeah. that's actually personally, when you don't see it, I think makes it scarier. But uh, yeah. but obviously the chestburster scene in Alien is the, the big the big coup de gras, as it were. Um, what did you think about that? Did you see that coming? Did that Did that frighten you? No, the only thing that frightened me was when the guy was on the table and he was like writhing in pain. I'm like, oh, wait, I know something comes out of his body. Like, I do know that much about Alien. Yeah. That they come out of the body. And but like, OK, so it was May. The Alien was in 1979, I believe. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And anything in around that time, anything with gore, I'm OK with because it's literally like fire engine red blood. It's not like yeah. real blood. And it's funny that you mentioned that because, yes, like 1960s and 70s horror movies, they have a very like unique palette of red to the blood. And yeah. I'm with you. It always kind of never quite felt sort of real, which kind of creates a, a nice little disconnect for you to kind of get into. Yeah, you're like, oh, this is a movie. Like, yeah. oh yeah, <laughs> right. But um, but you are obsessed with it. Oh yeah, I I love <laughs> Aliens, the the second one, a bit more. Uh, I I mean, I personally love Alien. I think Alien's a fantastic movie. But for me, Aliens is my favorite film. And uh, now that you've seen it, just know that your buddy Corey saw that with his dad in the theater at eight years old. Oh my gosh, that was probably terrifying. Like the face hugger, mm -hmm. you're probably like, no. Yes, yes, it it was extremely terrifying, but created a pretty much a lifelong love for that film. You know, so that's that's a plus. But uh, yeah, Myra and I just rewatched it a few nights ago, actually. Um, and because I recorded yesterday, I recorded an episode with uh, the boys over the blast from our past podcast. We did a full aliens episode um, and no TV show because the movie itself is so freaking long. There's and, a TV show. Oh no, no. Like, you know, they normally, oh. they, yeah, no, sorry. Oh, oh, I understand yeah, what yeah. you're saying. The format of the blast from our past podcast. They didn't do a TV show. Yeah, copy, exactly. Copy, copy. But we did gotcha. do the recasting. We did do the recasting of aliens. So you guys might want to, 
check that out. I'll put links uh, when it drops. I'll put links on on Instagram and everything yeah. and whatnot. So it'll be fun. But um, I'm I'm just I couldn't be more excited to pick your brain about it about this whole entire series and everything because I just I love Ripley. I think she's an awesome protagonist yeah. like you know male or female it doesn't matter she's an awesome protagonist and and i say that because in the original movie alien w- when they wrote the script everyone's all the characters names dallas uh ripley kane they the screenwriter who was dan o'bannon who actually also directed return of the living dead um mm. oh he, yeah right i, I know see that that's okay. weird um so he only wrote their last names, meaning like, so the characters could be, anyone could play them. So Ripley oh. could have just, or uh, Sigourney Weaver could have just as ended up playing uh, Dallas or somebody else, you know, but yeah. they, they basically, you know, they cast them without gender in mind, which is That's really cool. That's why it's such a great movie. Mm-hmm. Yep. Because it's already written like everybody's e- – oh, my God. That makes me love it even more. Yeah. That's I, how movies should be written, dude. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You know, I, I agree. And then, you know, and then we go from – so in Alien, you see, you know, I mean – and by the way, I mean, you picked up on it, I'm sure. They're just like truckers. They're just like space truckers. They're not like Marines in the first movie. They're just normal right. blue-collar workers is all they are. Mm-hmm. Even the guy was like, are we getting paid? Are yeah. we getting paid? Are mm-hmm. we getting paid? And yep. I was like, this guy's going to die first. I hate him. Shut up. <laughs> <laughs> the guy with the hat? The guy with yeah. the hat? Yeah. Um, yeah. And the guy that kept going, right. Yeah. Right. Yeah. That one? <laughs> <laughs> that was, or no, that, I guess that was the guy with the hat, right? Yep, yeah. The guy with the hat. That's the one. Uh, he's His death is always, it's kind of the most fun because he gets the the mouth thing in his in his head or whatever. Yeah. The alien's mouth tongue. Um, but, uh, and then in Aliens, so... In between Alien and Aliens, there's about a 57-year uh, difference. That's how long she's been going through sleeping in hypersleep. Mm-hmm. Um, what what you didn't get to see... So famously, there's a, a theatrical cut of Aliens. It's like 100 and, or an hour and 20 minutes. And then there is a, the fabled director's. director's cut, James Cameron's okay. director's cut. And it's about two hours and I think 40 minutes or like 39 minutes, something like Good that. Lord. So it's like an extra 20 minutes onto it. And some things, you know, are there for whatever, you know, or fun filler type of stuff. But the biggest the biggest kind of character thing that they they cut out from the director's cut for the theatrical cut is finding out that Ripley had a daughter, um, Amanda Ripley. So, oh, yeah, that's in the director's cut, but not in the um, theatrical cut. So, oh, that, so that's probably why she's so attached to Newt. Yes, and that's like honestly, of everything they they shouldn't have cut out, they should have kept the daughter stuff in there mm. because that's what really shows you of her. And by the way. She finds out at the beginning of the movie that her daughter's dead. Like she died at like sixty six, and then she kind of breaks down. She's like, like she has a line where she's like, "I promised I would be home for her birthday." Dot dot dot. Her oh. her 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 eleventh birthday. Oh. So so she basically in Alien, her da- Amanda, her daughter was about eleven, oh. ten or eleven, and That's now right. and so now for, through Aliens, she sleeps, and then now her daughter's she didn't never got a chance to say goodbye, you know, like her her daughter's gone now because she slept yeah. for fifty seven years. So. That's really the biggest thing that you're missing when you don't watch the director's cut. Um, but everything else is so freak. It's all there. Everything else that's, that mm-hmm. is, is worth, like, character-wise is pretty much there. Um, you get to see, you know, her her connect with Newt. Um, you get to see her relationship with Hicks and all this kind of stuff and, and whatnot. And then, of course, the, the awesome showdown at the end of her versus the queen. 
Yes. Oh my gosh. That was awesome. Oh, I wish I could insert that line here, but there's a little curse word in there. But <laughs> I love that line. I think out loud I was like, yes, get her. So, oh, so what did you what did you think of like just overall alien versus aliens? You know, the, I mean, they're I, one's a horror movie, I, I say, and one's like an action movie. So they're yeah. even different genres. But did you have a preference of one over the other? I definitely liked aliens. Um, and OK, so. All right. Okay. Just give me, give me everything. I want everything. I'm <laughs> I know. And brain dump. I know. You know what's so funny is that, like, okay, so this morning I, I usually read the comic book the day that we read, especially if it's only like six issues because I really like it to be fresh in yeah, my brain. I'm, I'm with you um, 100% on that. Yeah. And I can down that in like two hours, no prop. So, or, or less, whatever. You're getting faster. So, anyway, I know. I'm getting faster. Um, so yeah, then I was like, okay, and I looked at John Babe, and I was like, I'm gonna go watch Alien. He's like, are you sure? And I was like, yeah, like he, uh, he he was just protecting me because he knows I don't like gore. Um, and afterwards, I'm like, I'm like hitting him. I'm like, it's not that bad. Why would you tell me not to see? But he was just protecting me. He's a sweetie. But anyway, um, as a long answer to your question, but um, so I I watched Alien, and I when it was done, I was like, I love that. I love that movie. Like I. I how come I have never seen that before? It was not like gory or anything. Like it was, that was great. Like, you know what though? It wasn't even John Babe that kept me from it. There's a lot of people, there's a lot of people in my life who kept me from seeing <laughs> that movie because they were trying to protect me because I really don't like gore. So, okay. Um, so I had all that with me. But anyway, so I watched it and I was like, oh my gosh, Ridley's amazing. And she saved the cat. You know, I'm all about yeah. animals. <laughs> Jonesy. <laughs> Jonesy. And it, I was like, man, I got to tell Corey, if he ever has a cat, he has to name it Jonesy. Like you have no other option. You have to name it Jonesy. Um, but no, I, I freaking loved it. And, and I text you, I was giving you like a play by play. I was like, <laughs> every time I'd see something, I'd be like, Corey, did it. Um, I think one point I was like, what are they talking about all this gore for? And you're like, wait for it. And I think like 20 minutes later and I was like, oh, there it is. Yeah. I, was like, yep. <laughs> I was like, yep, let the, let the games begin. <laughs> yeah. uh, but it's funny because like, uh, I mean, I don't know if it's funny, but it's, it's okay. Let me gather my thoughts. Okay. So Ridley, she has this role where she is the woman um, of the ship. I mean, there is other women on the ship, but she's definitely one of the leader of the of the group, let's say that. In, al- so, in Alien, right? The first in, one? In Alien. Yeah, yeah. Yes, okay. in Alien. And she's very sure with her calculations and like, literally, if they had just listened to her and not brought the dang guy back on the ship when he had a face cut hugger on his face, mm-hmm. they would have been like, and they all lived happily ever after the end. Exactly. Right? <laughs> Hello. Would have been fine. It would have been fine. It wouldn't have made Alien, but hey, they would have been fine. <laughs> Um, and then they did it again in this in aliens. They didn't listen to her and they made her seem crazy and they're like case closed and like you know my story in my life and like it's just I feel like I I personally am constantly against that that dude who's like, no, no, that's not a bad idea. Even they're it may just be because they underestimate me or or whatever. I don't even want to like deep dive into that. My point is that I absolutely understand how frustrating it is and you could get as loud as you want to and they just still don't freaking hear you. And you're like, oh, and then you just get to a point where you're like, okay, fine, you're gonna die, but okay. Yeah. Um and and everybody just were like, oh man, she's right. And then all of a sudden we get to the, the my favorite part is when they're in the hangar. When they're about to go into the colony where that that jerk, I'm trying not to use bad words, that jerk, what's his face? Burke. Um, 
Huh? Bur- What's his name? Burke. Burke. Yeah. yeah. Burke the jerk. Burke the jerk. <laughs> <laughs> right? You heard it here, folks. Um, where they're in the hangar and we meet Vasquez. We meet De- uh, Vasquez? Everyone. Vasquez, yeah. Hicks, Hudson, Deirdre, all the whole thing. Every- yeah. Apon. Yeah. And it was like, like you said, like it totally makes sense now where they wrote it without casting it first as like a male or a female and they just wrote it and everybody like well that that was well that was only for alien i don't know i don't think necessarily that was the case for aliens that was a very unique uh thing that alien did and i don't think a lot of movies do that well it certainly set the precedent for aliens definitely you know what i mean like it was like oh okay we have to bring that in this one or else it's not going to be alien aliens whatever so um, when I saw that, I just looked at John, babe, and I was like, that's when I went, I love this movie. <laughs> like Vasquez with the big guns and like oh, yeah. the big guns, not just on her arm, but the gigantic <laughs> heavy as lead gun she has to carry. And it's like a flamethrower. And and it was just like, I mean, we'll deep dive more into it with more details. But like, oh, my God, it was it was so good. I have to go get a Ripley Funko now because I have to remember <laughs> she's my spirit animal. And Just yeah, I mean, her. And, and then like, you know, they all get wasted and everything, but like, so they're all ineffectual and then, you know, uh, or ineffective, sorry, ineffectual means they're not effect, uh, effectual. Um, but uh, <laughs> okay. they're ineffective essentially against these creatures, uh, space cockroaches, as some people refer to them as. Um, but, uh, but then, you know, she basically puts on, straps on both guns or like, a machine gun and a flamethrower and then just takes it right to the queen just takes it right to her which is so freaking amazing and you know i mean like i mean there's no ifs ands or buts there would be no furioso 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 there Furiosa. would, yeah, Furiosa. there, there would be no Furiosa without Ripley. Like, like yeah. Sigourney Weaver oh, yeah. oh started God. this, yeah. like, f- this strong female, like, protagonist, you know, lone survivor thing uh, way back then. I mean, it, it, a lot of this, these templates that we see now of, like, badass chicks, uh, you know, movie chicks kind of come from Ripley, come from Sigourney Weaver's character here. They kind of start with this. And, I love that. And a lot it's a of, ripple effect, man. It is. And it's really, really cool. I mean, you got to think about it. Like, Sigourney Weaver does Alien. Then she does, I believe, Ghostbusters. I mean, there's other stuff in between. Uh, but, like, big stuff. She does Alien, Ghostbusters, then Aliens, and then Ghostbusters 2. So she's just, like, bopping back and forth between playing a tough chick and then sort of, like, someone that needs to be saved. But always yeah. believable. You know what I mean? And, and she never seemed not tough in Ghostbusters. She just got a... Uh, bamboozled by a ghost you know what i mean like like <laughs> it no one yeah that just it wasn't her fault you know what i mean like the ghost got her so it's it's yeah. uh but she was she was i never got the sense even in in ghostbusters that she was like weak by any means whatsoever you know yeah um but, and, and even the guys in the movie showed her respect mm-hmm. like eventually some yeah. didn't and some did but like the guys in her group showed her respect the ones that were survived awesome. <laughs> the ones that lasted right exactly <laughs> exactly Oh man, it's and so you know, as a kid growing up, I've I've seen Aliens the most of like probably any movie ever, probably even more so than Star Wars, Um, because that's 
Wow. Well, wait a minute. Well, on I'm, the phone. Well, think about <laughs> it. I got to, you know, I got to spread my viewing. Growing up, I had to spread my viewing of Star Wars over three movies, whereas Aliens, you just sort of have one movie. And of course, like I knew Alien. I, I liked Alien. But what I loved about Aliens I love mm-hmm. the the drop ship that they go down in on. I have a toy over here in my on, in the living room of it. Um, I love the little APC tank thing, the 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 carrier. But more than anything, I loved the Colonial Marine armor. I loved oh. how they looked, how it was like it's sort of futuristic-y armor, but at the same time still looks plausible. Looks like it's, you know, could really actually function. Um, I yeah. liked how each, how all their armor was sort of unique, and that was something that the um, actors did. Uh, James Cameron made all the actors um, decorate their armor uh, how they how they think their character oh. would have it. It was a way for the actors to connect with their character. So That's they cool. they decorated their armor and they decorated their individual um, uh, lockers. And uh, so side note, I'm going to plug something real quick. Uh, Zach and I on podcast after dark interviewed Jeanette Goldstein, who plays, uh, plays Vasquez. I mean, that was a dream come, come true for me. Um, But uh, so she plays Vasquez in the movie. She was also in Terminator 2. She was also in uh, near dark. She was also in uh, uh, Titanic. But um, one of the things that she talks about is, is how she got cast as as Vasquez, what that process was, and also a few things uh, about her character that I never even knew. And I'll just tell you one: she has a, a female's name on her arm, and people like kind of assume that maybe it was her girlfriend or something. Uh, but it's actually her daughter's name. Her her being Vasquez's oh. daughter, not not Jeanette Goldstein. Like like uh, yeah. it's. It was something that she gave her her uh, you know as a backstory was to have her do- have a daughter. Uh, another mm-hmm. little backstory is that, um, and this will be the last one I kind of uh, spoil. Please no, I, Corey. This is this Corey. This is OCD's alien I know, episode. I know, but go. I want people to go listen to that to that interview. But uh, <laughs> okay, okay, okay. But, okay uh, I understand. Yeah, okay. but but yeah. but the other backstory is um, her and the other heavy machine gunner uh, Drake. Um, uh-huh. They kind of went to juvie together together, and that's why they were so. Uh, suppose you know so close but the cool thing is in real life she Jeanette Goldstein that is her best friend in real life the guy who played Drake and they met like on the set of that movie and they became best friends so in real life Vasquez and Drake are best friends and I'm like the two that died together right uh well no Drake Drake died the other he Gorman uh was was the one that blew up with Vasquez her her friend Drake was uh got melted in the big battle. She shot the the alien and it kind of sprayed acid on on him and he screamed and then his flamethrower and everything. But anyways, yeah. that was a long long side tangent, but if you guys get no. a chance, um that interview is going to be it's it's on the free feeds, so it's out there on Apple Podcasts and Spotify and everything like that until the end of the month. So you and, okay. and then it goes back to Patreon. So you guys can go listen to that interview with Jeanette Goldstein on Podcasting After Dark. And uh Podcast After Dark is usually um and you know, we cuss on that show, but there's no I think we're I think it's pretty much not safe for or I I I think it's pretty much that episode's pretty much safe for work. We don't cuss okay. when we're talking to <laughs> Jeanette Goldstein. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, respect Queen. Yeah. Hello. Yeah. So so anyway, spinning back awesome. back to yes. back to <laughs> back to everything. Um Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I and I'm reading the comic this morning and I'm like and I know you're watching Alien and I'm like I was like, man, I wish you would watch Aliens because Every comic that Dark Horse puts out at like after the movies, it's all 
post aliens, you know, it's, mm-hmm. it, and they're all called aliens. Like, yeah. no, you know, it's just like, it's such a sequel. And the, the, and so I was like, man, there's a lot of things like the corporation, the Wayland Utani corporation. And that's such a huge theme in both movies that the corporation is, is yeah. not looking out for the best interest of the people, but they're trying to get their hands on like a bio weapons division. Yeah. Yep. And I, and I'm like growing up with that stuff in the eighties, like the, how corporations started taking over in these sci-fi movies. It's man, it seems like we're just heading in that direction in real life. And I always joke that like, once we get to the point where we start colonizing planets, it's not going to be like United States. It's going to be like like Apple. Like it's going to be Apple Planet. Like it's going to be it's different roles. Yeah, man. yeah. It, it, I it's like it's like the same with uh, stadiums. How stadiums don't have a name anymore other than the the bank that that you know what I mean that uh, or whatever. That yeah, sponsors Chase it. Stadium yeah. or whatever it is. Ex- exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it's going to mm-hmm. be freaking Chase Planet, uh, Chevrolet Planet, <laughs> Ford Planet. You know what I mean? Like <laughs> yeah. it's going to be. That's how it's going to be. But like all that kind of stuff started in Aliens. But um, yeah. 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 No, it was great. Um, I do want to ask you a question though. Like, what hooked? Okay, so what hooked me to Alien was certainly Ripley and just a female. It, honestly, like if they were all led by men, I'd be like, oh great, it's another guy action yeah. film. Like even though it's great and yeah. awesome, it still just was like, okay, you know, like I, it would have been awesome, you know, that everything was there. But if it what like the female part of it, I was like, I'm hooked. I'm in. So what was your hook? Like, what's your hook? What continues to be your hook for Aliens? My for for me the 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 I, I mean I love her just as much as you do you know like I grew yeah. up in a world where Sigourney Weaver is Ripley and like I, I grew up in a world where she was my hero you know too and I don't think you know it, just because I was a guy I thought she was amazing I still think she's amazing and I love her but but my hook is all the cool armor and I like the aliens you know <laughs> I, and I like the aliens and it's just it's an it's like an action movie you know it's really yeah I, and I love those pulse rifles I guess so I guess what you could distill it down you could say I very much enjoyed the production design of this film like okay. I like all the design work and I think it's a, obviously I think it's a great story and everything and I'm always kind of lean towards sci-fi stuff so it's really a just a, a kind of a potpourri of everything that I like, you know, like it's not yeah. like one thing. It's like just a bunch of things that individually I would have been like, oh, I like that. But it just happens to have individually a bunch of different things that I really enjoy. And I think yeah. that the aliens are really cool looking, too. They're creepy. Yeah. There's like, I mean, I, I wouldn't want to be that alien's dentist. <laughs> <laughs> Charge them double. <laughs> <laughs> You're a xenomorph? Double. Um, no, it was no, I agree with you. Like those aliens were really weird looking. There's I don't feel like there's anything that's really looked like them. Cause usually we get the aliens with like like the big eyeballs and the mm-hmm. big head and the skinny body where it was like this one has tentacles, a scorpion tail, a weird gigantic head, probably stuffed full of intelligent brain and like just feeding and breeding and it was it was a mixture of all of like the most terrifying animals that we have here on the planet. Yeah. And insects and things. And so yeah, I agree with you. Like that was that was a creepy, creepy and, part. And I like the fact that like they cocoon things and then they kind of sit in the wall of the cocoon and then mm-hmm. you don't and then maybe they don't show up on infrared at all. And then, you know, they just you just get grabbed and get got like like Dietrich yeah. did, you know, and, and Apone got got and uh, you find out that they also, you know, are gonna get 
uh, cocooned and everything, and and thus you know that their fate is. I mean, at that point, you'd rather just be shot, you know. And yeah. So and so now, and I the funny thing is, I know that you read Aliens Defiance first you know the comic Mm -hmm. that we're actually here to talk about um oh yes right yeah (laughs) but i imagine it looking back it kind of things make a little bit more sense now right like the the fear of the face huggers and stuff and the acid for blood for the aliens is is a big sort of thing in these movies yeah it was a i was looking back at my notes um that i made after i watched the movie and i was like okay that all ties in that ties in but like i also could have done you know reviewed it and fully understand stood it like it it did make sense for for me yeah yeah oh no i know and i yeah i I know that it's it's a it's a standalone story like you can pick it you know pick up on it but it definitely does like build off of the themes of aliens which is like the company wants it for a bio like that you know that's just these yeah it's just it feels like a natural extension of of all that you know that you see in the movie um what is so as a whole what did you think of the comic then Aliens Defiance I, Volume 1. I really like that they um, continued the, like, badass female mm-hmm. in it, honestly. That was just, what was her name? Zo- I, uh, gosh, the was comic it, was so long ago. I know, right? It was, uh, I think it was Zula, Zula? Hend- Hendrix? Hendrix. Yeah, yes. Zula Hendrix. And, yeah, yes. and I, I loved her as a character, by the way. Oh, yeah, absolutely. And um, she had a, so she's has a terrible, terrible injury that she suffered, um, you know, fighting against, gosh, what were they actually fighting? Well, was that, it, were they, they were fighting against the Xenomorphs? No, I, well, actually, they, they were, actually, they were fighting against some, another, so, <laughs> so in the Aliens universe, there's like 300 plus worlds, right, that have been colonized. Um, right. You get the sense from the movie Aliens that, you know, the Colonial Marines are there to sort of put down any kind of uprisings or something. And I'm sure that they fought alien life forms before because they did, you know, Frost does say, is this going to be a stand-up? Or I think Hudson says, uh, is this going to be a stand-up fight or another bug hunt? And uh, I don't think he was, re- he's not referring to these kind of aliens, you know? Like, mm. this is the first time they've ever seen anything that's, can give them any kind of a of a fight back, you know. That's not just another human, another you know army, basically. But at the end of the right. day, these guys were supposed to just be soldiers fighting other soldiers, you know. Okay. And okay. and that's why they were at the beginning of the movie. They were like, "Oh, great, this is another bug hunt." Meaning, like, I think they've dealt with like you know aliens on another planet, but there were probably no more no more dangerous than say like a wolf or something, you know, like mm-hmm. like dealing with something. They've just never this. The, the xenomorphs are like perfect killing machines, essentially. Yeah. You know, with, I mean, freaking, they have acid for blood. They're yeah. darn near, like, they're they're strong. Their skin is actually really tough. So they're hard to even, like, kill, you know. I mean, she's putting bullets into it and it's not even going down, you know. Yeah. And that's just one. Like, what are you going to do against, like, a hundred of them, you know? Yeah. So it's, it's terrifying, <laughs> yeah, it's true. you know. It is. Well, okay, so um, to put it in context, so the first, the Alien movie is in 2037, which is upon us. Yeah. Crazy. Yeah, right. Hello. Um, And then, so then the next one is 57 years later, but, um, but, and then I don't know when, like the aliens, I'm doing air quotes, aliens three, I don't know what year that's in, but this comic book takes place in 2101. Yeah. Yeah. So it's like, it's been around for almost a hundred years already. Yeah. You know, like this knowledge of this, um, 
alien race. And and uh, Waylon Utani is still trying to get their hands on it because they they have not done so yet. And I like in this comic the aliens defiance. You know, it starts off with you know uh, Zula Hendrix being. Uh, mm-hmm. Oh, do we have a do we have a synopsis of it? Um, I can get I can get one. Hang yeah, on. let's do that. Yeah. Then we let's. I feel like we were so excited. I was so excited to talk about aliens with you that I forgot about that. I know. I I just as soon as I read the comic book, I jumped right into the movie. I was like, I need to see this movie because I actually did. Uh, well, to answer your question, I really did like this comic because it brought out like so many elements that I enjoy, which is just like I actually do like military stories if they're done correctly. Uh, me too. I'm yeah. I'm not a. I'm not like a military kind of guy, but I'm with you. If if it's done correctly, I like a good military story. Yeah, and um, so I was telling you, but like I um. Sorry, I'm looking up a summary. I'm not going to lie. I didn't have it ready. No, no, um, I, I know because it was not. we didn't read it on, on Hoopla. <laughs> yeah, because Hoopla does like an overall summary. And then I was like, oh, yeah, I'll just pull it up. And then on Comixology, they have a summary for each yeah. issue. So it's not like an overall thing. Okay, here we go. Oh, it's a TV series. No, let's not do that one. I don't want that one. Okay. Oh, it is. Uh, so we we only read six out of the 12. Yeah, well, yeah we did the you first read trade. Well, <laughs> well, you've read all 12, I'm sure. Yeah. <laughs> maybe <laughs> okay <laughs> all right here we go all right so aliens defiance is a 12 issue limited comic book series that was first published by dark horse comics from april 2016 to june 2017 it was also published simultaneously in the digital format of dark horse digital blah 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 the story was written by brian wood illustrated by tristan jones ricardo Bercielli, tony Briss, okay, name Stephen Thompson and Eduardo Francisco, colored by Dan Jackson, lettered by Nate Peekins, and edited by Spencer Cushing and Kevin Buckhalter. Okay, let's jump to, okay. So the comic's set between Alien and Alien. Oh, it's set between Alien and Aliens? Mm, I guess that makes no sense at all. Yeah. Well, I mean, it actually doesn't make. I mean, sense. to be true, to be truthful with you, I have no clue when Alien takes place, when Aliens takes place, like year-wise. I've never. It said looked... 2037 on the screen when they were looking when they were looking at Mother. And oh, like, did okay. I've never picked yeah. up on that on on Alien. That's awesome. I literally have never picked up on that. Oh no worries. That's but that's, that's like cool. so weird that they said that in here, but. Here we go. Apparently, it's between Alien and Aliens. Um, It tells the story of Private Zula Hendricks, a rookie colonial marine who goes AWOL to defend Earth from the Xenomorphs. She is aided by Davis One, a Weyland yutani synthetic who has broken his programming and developed his own personal mission to stop the company from acquiring the creatures for research. Um, la 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 la, a sequel. <laughs> I guess that's pretty much it. I, yeah. I mean that that summarizes it. Yeah. For the most so part. and 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 that's cool because like. So we're here, we start out with basically her uh, being with these group of synthetics, you know, and which you know now, you know. You, yeah, you, uh, they bleed milk. They bleed milk. <laughs> you've, seen, you've seen Bishop get uh, ripped in half uh, when, yes. uh, when, queen, when queen takes Bishop. Um, mm-hmm. <laughs> get it? Ch- chess? Queen takes oh, Bishop? Oh, shut up. Get out of here. Wait, really? I mean, yeah, I guess so. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. 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 <laughs> So, um, so you know what? I like the, how you had to say "get it" for me to go. I, <laughs> Sorry, I was zoned out for a hot second. Okay, go. <laughs> but but now now you've seen the synthetics in action. You know that yeah. some clearly some can be crazy. Some can uh, some can be great. Some can be really good people, which is yes. awesome. And uh, so you, you you get this now. Uh, Zula 
and her team of synthetics have to go on board this ship to kind of, you know, figure out what's going on with it. They get ambushed by the aliens and you find out because she gets knocked out by an explosion or something. When she comes to, it's like 27 days later, she's been out that long. She's like, what happened? And during that time, the, the, the first synthetic, the main synthetic, he's like kind of gone sentient and gone rogue. And he's like, he, cause he realizes that he had to make a judgment call. He realized that the company was going to bring these creatures back. And when they get back to, to earth, he's like, they're going to try to control them, but it's just going to, ha- it's going to get out. It's over. You know what I mean? Like he yeah. saw all of the variables. And the thing is like, he was programmed to, to protect people you know so it kind of it makes sense because even in in aliens bishop is like i cannot through the my actions or the actions of like what i do cause the harm of another person so like in here i think you know you take the idea that davis the davis one the the main one kind of extrapolated out and he was like well this i can't bring this back it goes against my my prop my training or my programming and which mm-hmm. which then allows him to he basically separates himself from the the mainframe essentially and becomes sort of sentient because he's starting to learn on his own. And now we have this great team up of this human who is just physically and, and emotionally broken, but is still tough as nails. And that's what that's what makes her a great protagonist is because she's not a hundred percent yet she always performs at a hundred percent. And uh, and then you have this like this this um, AI life form that's kind of coming on becoming sentient essentially. You know. Mm-hmm. and it makes just for a, a great team up and then you get into some really gray areas where you know she's still a marine and she has to like blow up a dropship of marines because they are escaping with a, a carcass of an alien to bring it back to to Whalen Utani to you know grow a new one or whatever and uh, she's like I like how she's like I feel like a part of my soul is dying right now because she knows once she does this action she's never going to be able to kind of go back ever again but it is mm-hmm. the thing that she has to do to to save humanity from itself, essentially. Yeah, and I actually want to ask you about this because it kept being a reoccurring topic in the movies and then in this one too, where humans just feel the need that they have to bring back these organisms yeah. to Earth to figure out. It's like, where, like, if you were a Marine captain or however you say that, like, I don't know if I, like, if it was my call, it's like, hey, save everyone or possibly save everyone and also bring back this organism for us to study and get to know but it's not just like it's a slug on planet pluto it's a freaking killing machine and that's only it's only uh uh goals in life is to reproduce and kill reproduce and kill and use any organism other organisms which just happens to be humans um as a breeding ground like they use them what do they call what did they say they use them as a as a host as a host that's the word the host yeah so it's like with all that in mind why would you why would you ever want to bring one of these back ever exactly yeah. like, like what is your thought on that it's like what would you do you know i would you don't you don't bring it back i mean but <laughs> don't know <but> and that's <laughs> but that's where the that's like the 80s that was a big thing in the 80s the in the 80s the biggest bad guy was the wall street you know guy in a suit like back in the 80s it was yeah. all these corporation things and so yeah that was such a thing that they t- tapped into on here and yeah that is a theme moving forward 
forward from day one, all the comics, all the, the, the movies, the video games, they all revolve around Waylon Utani or some other corporation wanting to get their hands on these perfect killing machines and turn them into, uh, you know, biological weapons, essentially. And uh, yeah, and in the comics... Um, so when I was younger, uh, the main comics that I kind of read all the time were the Aliens ones by Dark Horse um, back in the 90s. I didn't read like a lot of X-Men and stuff like that or Spider-Man. I read uh, Aliens. And so this was before Alien 3 even came out. So for me, the movie timeline and everything, it goes Alien, Aliens, and then all the comics. And and because there is a branching off of timeline, things happen to Ripley in the movies that they don't can't reconcile in the comics because like, mm. you know um but uh yeah so i i've been reading aliens comics on and off pretty much my entire life and uh most they all mostly deal with uh yeah trying to get this alien back and at one point they do go back to earth and we lose earth and Oof. earth becomes <sighs> gone uh pretty much in the first alien series that they did we lose earth and after that it's just yeah there's attempts to like kind of sterilize it and get it again but no it's once you get let one alien, just one, she even says it, just one, it's over. It's it's over. Yeah. And I like that. It's it's I mean, makes it very even though the movie's taking place like in this like on L V four two six, you know, mm-hmm. which is all the way over here, you you still get a sense that there is a giant a bigger problem that you have to sort of deal with, and that is, you know, humanity not letting getting a hold of this creature, you know? Yeah. And it's it's a fairly simple plot, but like in those fairly simple plots is so much discussion. Yeah. It's like, how do you, like, how did they get to the point where they're like, hey, we need a military force in outer space now? Because we have one for, well, I mean, for every freaking, like, element, we have some <laughs> sort of, like, fighter, like, firefighters, uh, Air Force, Navy, Marines, you know what I mean? And so now it's like, yeah, we need a space force. And it's like, and and, the, and then what happens? It's just, like, so many... I, like I would, I don't know if I'd want to live in that time. <laughs> yeah. Like, oh God. I don't. Yeah. I don't know if the aliens universe is one of the the better ones to live in. I kind of get a sense that it's not. <laughs> but yeah, yeah. it seems yeah. like it might not be the greatest. Um, but yeah, the yeah. the story's kind of simple in in defiance. It's uh, you know basically all they're doing is retracing the steps of the where that first ship came from. They're trying to track down where it came from, essentially. And they're going through, uh, you know, they, they have to go back to different other stations like, OK, hey, it, you know, it, it refueled here at this station. OK, so we know that. So now we got to go to this space station where it refueled and then bada bing, bada boom, you get there. And of course, that whole space station is gone. It's you know infected. And you're like, OK, you're, you're basically they're following the breadcrumbs. And while they're doing it, you know, the character interaction is what's making it cool because her and Davies or Davis are growing together and everything as, as a unit, as as friends and stuff. It's it's yeah. really cool. I, I like it and I like where it goes. Um, but for this, me personally. Personally, the one thing I loved about it, besides Zula, I really like mm-hmm. her as a character. I think she's a she's fantastic great. character. Um, mm-hmm. Is I love Tristan Jones's artwork, um, and he he did I believe four out of the six issues. There was two issues that he didn't do, um, but uh, he uh, he's one of my favorite alien artists i i I just love his style and i love what he did with the uh, the colonial marines and this and the aliens i think he's fantastic and uh so shout out to tristan jones i love that guy's art so you would say his art is out of this world (laughs) (laughs) 
Oh my. Thank you for laughing at my jokes. I appreciate it. Uh, um, <laughs> but yeah, no, I liked it too. I like. I also liked how they showed the internal struggle of of Zula Hendrix mm-hmm. of just like because even at the end, near the end, well, I should I shouldn't say end. Near like the fifth or sixth issue, we get a peek into half the issue or over half the issue is just a peek into her pre injury life yeah and she hears like she's she's had this terrible injury on the battlefield so to speak and she's in the the hospital and they're not really giving a flying f about her really because they they didn't in the first place like there's just bad intentions all around um but they so she's lying in the hospital and they're like yeah she may not walk she's paralyzed or whatever and the military sergeant lieutenant or whatever he comes in and he's like uh, we gave you all this training, you've done all this studying, and you you are here in a hospital bed. It's like, it's a, you're a waste, yeah. you know? And so with her injury coming out of it and rehabilitating, she's also carrying his voice in her mm-hmm. head that she's a waste, and she still carries on. Like, wow. Yeah. It's, that's what makes her, that's what makes her cool and she even mentions like even before she got injured and she gets injured like in her first battle so he he that general guy or whatever he is i'm with you i don't know ranks really um in the yeah. military uh, he's like you know he even says like we didn't even get one full battle out of you which is yeah. essentially that's all you are you've been trained you know we want to get as much out of you as possible you know and that's mm-hmm. that is usually why you're in the military longer they don't really put you on the front line because now they truly have invested so much into you they don't want you getting you know killed that's that's grunt work right there um but uh but yeah so she talks about already going into it she was like she's like a a five foot african-american female she's like i already had you know a hard time in in basic training by everybody but she was like talks about how she she gave like 120 or whatever you know she gave more than she could Mm -hmm. possibly do and and she stood out was outstanding but yeah she just got a bad bad first battle and uh, I guess she's like, but it's that's the thing. It's like they're not even happy that she's alive. They're just like they're yeah. happy. They're they're on. It's not that they're happy that she's alive. They're upset that she didn't survive a battle. Like we put this mm-hmm. much into you and we got nothing in return, essentially. So I'm like, yeah. Wow. Now we have to put money into your recovery, yeah. and that's just more money wasted. It's such insult it's- to injury. And so, Dude. yeah, and so she wears, like, a back brace and everything, but she kicks butt, and that's what makes mm-hmm. her a really freaking cool character. And she, I mean, she, and it's it's because she's, it, what makes her a good character is not because she kicks butt, uh, because of the injury, you know, with the injuries. It's the fact that she's aware of the injuries, she's aware of how painful they are. She doesn't have, like, some superpower where, like, oh, her nerves are cut off, so she can't feel the pain. No, what makes her a great hero is that she feels feels every bit of the pain that she is constantly 100% in and yeah. and yet she still fights through it you know now granted we see her make a, a stupid mistake in trusting her her um doctor you know and communicating yeah. back to her doctor and thus revealing where you know basically where they are but mm-hmm. um other than that she didn't i don't feel like she made any mistakes due to her 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 damaged you know back or whatever yeah, and, and and all these soldiers that I've met so far and anything I've watched or read of aliens is that they have they go in with full heart, like really good intention. Like they this is their life. Like they want to defend and they want to save and they want justice, you know. And so she is no exception to this. It's 
it's it's like I could I felt like I could feel like every time she would walk and she would describe how it felt because this one actually had the internal dialogue that mm-hmm. you and I like yeah which was cool it's like she would say one thing in her head like oh my gosh it hurts so bad let's say and then on the outside she'd be like no I'm fine yeah. let's keep going mm-hmm. it's like that's oh. what that's what makes comic books uh, better than movies sometimes as far as like storytelling goes because you can actually get into the head of of the people and we're because in movies anytime they try to do voiceover you know like Mm -hmm. trying to make it sound like it's in the person's head it always just never works and it just kind of cheesy it's always cheesy yeah it's always cheesy but in comic books comic books and books you know you can do that and it's great and that's what makes books and comic books different and than movies and sometimes better because you can really just get into the, the the heads of them and they also do a good job of of allowing the reader to also understand uh the android where where he's coming yeah. from and you know it's not just like some fluke thing i mean you you see the logic that he reaches for and, and goes to you know to he's and it's like okay that makes sense and then the fact that he cut himself off from the basically the system updates like because he's like look mm-hmm. if i if i if i go back into the network yeah. they're going to take me over and they're going to erase the program so now he's now he's cut off and he's essentially learning because she was like where did you uh learn acupuncture or was that a part of your program and he's like no i had to learn acupuncture wow. because he he didn't have that and that, you know what i mean and i was like oh that's cool so he's actually learning at this point so yeah and this is this is i mean i what comes to mind first is star wars but like a relationship between a droid or an android whatever the difference is and a human and like even as an audience member you become very attached to them like um bishop in uh aliens i was like no right (laughs) you know this was just so interesting how this world really dives into that concept and how you can have and then and then then it's like okay so we talked about the politics earlier about like okay what do you do when we actually bring the organs back to work the answer is no or not work but go back to earth um but now it's like okay how do you and I'll ask you this, like, what do you think about, and it's just such a huge concept, maybe too big for our brains now, but maybe the people in the future would be like, oh yeah, it's no big deal. But it's like the relationship between that you could have with an android. Yeah. Like, it's not a real human. Like, But it's getting there, but it's becoming yeah. human. That's the, that's the interesting yeah. thing. And those, and that right there is like, is a is a you know a different story unto itself like that's blade that's a blade runner story but it it works in aliens like it works here too you know it works here just fine and i like yeah. it i like getting to know davis and davis 01 you know if you want to if you want to be <laughs> you know professional davis about it Wong. yeah <laughs> but uh i i like it and it even ends you know that scene with where she's explaining to him uh something about i think his pain receptors are on or something and uh he was like i can turn them off and she's like no turn them back on like you this is about being what a part of being human is dealing with pain and that she's like it's a big part of being human so you need to basically leave your pain you know android pain receptors on and that will make you more human and there you can tell they're getting closer and it's really it's interesting it's it's very very interesting what do you what do you think like how how can you like where can they take this like what what does this bring up any moral questions like are are androids alive like the fact that that if they do have the capacity to grow then should they be used as fodder like they're being used here you know like what's the ethics of that see like that is like it's like that is such a big concept 
it's such a big concept. It's like, I don't know until one day, maybe I may have an Android BFF. I don't know. And what if I do? And then, and then do we celebrate their birthday or they technically, like, you know, it's like the the fact that a robot can have a heart. Is that real? Is that like, it's a connection. Yeah. Is it program? Like, exactly. It's like, that's such a big, but you become attached to it. So yeah, of course they would mean something to you. I don't know, man. That's hard. That's right? that's a whole nother episode. Like, yeah. No, it's it's cool. I mean, and and you know, that's another trope that the alien stuff does. Not always, but you know, there's always androids in the aliens comics for better or worse. And you know, sometimes yeah. they go crazy. Sometimes they do good. You know, it's. But I. This is one of my more favorite ways that they've sort of portrayed the androids in the aliens universe. I've actually. That's why I like this comic a lot. It's because I like what they're doing with it. And I've read a lot of Aliens comics, and this is one of my more favorite ones. You know, I, there's there's so many that, you know, I can give you a good solid five or so that I dig. But this is, this is in my top five. I really, really enjoy it because of the relationship that they build between Zula and Davis 01 and everything and sort of what they have to do. And I, th- I just think it's really cool. It's it's a very cool thing. It could have just been more action. It didn't have to be, have this, all this heart to it, you know? Yeah. And, 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 it was a lot of heart. Yeah. yeah. You know, it didn't have to. Um, Side note, uh, yes. they were correct in the write-up. This comic does take place between Alien and Aliens because you actually see Amanda Ripley in this movie, which or in this comic, which is uh, Ripley's daughter. Um, so, so oh, a couple small, well, tiny little things. Wow. Uh, mov- okay, go. Moving forward, um, <laughs> I I think in general consensus. People consider uh, the director's cut of Aliens to be canon, but the director's okay. cut of Alien to not be canon. Um, there's okay. a scene. There's a scene in the director's cut of Alien where um, uh, Kane, not Kane, I'm sorry, uh, Dallas, who pl- was played by Tom Skerritt. There's a scene that was cut uh, from Alien where Ripley finds Tom Skerritt being cocooned in the ship in the very first movie in the very first movie the, the he's the captain tom scarrett was the captain dallas and he is basically melting and morphing into one of those eggs and this was made obviously way this was made what five or six years before aliens so they had no queen idea then that was the queen was added for aliens that was a new okay. thing that they brought to the table that james cameron brought um and so on the director's cut of Alien, you can see that scene, but that's not canon. That's, you know, that's not how the biology of the, the aliens work. They don't melt you and turn you into an egg, essentially. Um, but the director's cut of Aliens is kind of considered canon because it has all the Amanda Ripley stuff, her daughter, uh, discussions mm-hmm. of her daughter. And in that movie, they mentioned that she passed away kind of of natural causes at 66 years old or something in the director's cut scenes that you you didn't get a chance to see but then a couple years ago they actually made a video game featuring amanda ripley fighting an alien because she went out sort of into space to kind of find her mom find out what happened Mm -hmm. to her mom so she kind of starts working for the same company to sort of figure out where her mom went because she got all this red tape like where's where's my mom we don't know what happened to the ship we can't tell you like it's all this red tape and so she was like so basically her story is she um she just basically worked her way up as like mechanics she works you know and then she's trying to figure out where her mom is in the comic here 
because they wanted wanted to sort of tie it into the video game as well, make this one make it a big MCU sort of universe, like interconnected. Right. You actually get to see Amanda Ripley, and and she's friends with Zula on 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 the moon at the beginning of the comic, uh, the first issue when Zula is like doing her rehab on the moon. Uh, mm-hmm. Amanda Ripley is there, and and she mentions going off into space to kind of look for her mom. And uh, I was like, okay, cool. So that is why it does take oh. place between alien and aliens uh, see i didn't catch that i i mean i wrote down amanda ripley but i didn't remember that now that makes sense yeah okay. so yeah so well i mean yeah but yeah it, the ripley is the same but sigourney weaver's character is ellen ripley and then her daughter who which and that's what i'm saying like when you watch the theatrical cut there's no mention of the daughter whatsoever like they cut out like every piece of it essentially um mm. so you and, and so you wouldn't know that but it's you know it's just because that's the, the way the cut is, um, yeah. But uh, yep. but yeah, so that's it. That's and, and those are these are all just like little, like little tiny little things that if you if you enjoy if you get into that's great. But if not, it doesn't take away from anything. You know what I mean? Nothing right. gets taken away from it. Although I will say in Aliens, it would have been nice to know that Ripley had a daughter because I think it would have made the whole her and Newt uh, situation more you know understandable. You're, oh, I get it now. You know? Yeah, and it was that was very um, very sweet connection that. Mm-hmm. They had anyway when she went back for her. I was like, "Get her, yeah, go get her." But yeah, if they had the daughter thing. It was like, no, this is redemption. Like she wants the daughter still. She's fighting for that. And now, you know, and now you know why because she lost her daughter. Yeah. See, now that yeah, I agree. That should have been added in there for sure. Yeah, yeah, I, I think yeah. so. And, and really, of all the things that they cut, you know, some of the stuff didn't really matter. And yeah, I can totally be okay with it being cut. But like. That was literally like a, a two-minute scene, um, a three-minute scene maybe max. And I'm like, why didn't you keep that? Just three minutes, you know? That's it. Yeah. So yeah. I, I don't Come know. Come on. Come on, Dave. What's his name? Dave? Dave Cameron? Wait. <laughs> James Cameron? <laughs> James, James Cameron? Cameron. Why well, did I think his name was Dave for a second? <laughs> Dave Cameron. <laughs> oh, man. Oh, but yeah, man. I. Um, it's, it's it's so, I mean... I don't know. There's there's so much information in my head about this universe. Yeah. And it's funny because we haven't really had a chance to talk about it so much, but I almost kind of know as much about the Aliens universe as I do Star Wars. Wow. And that's that's a lot. But you like Aliens more. Well, no, no, no. I like Aliens more. as a singular movie more. You know what I mean? Like, okay, I, I think yeah. it's like a better movie than say yeah. any of the any one Star Wars film. I think like Aliens is like probably like a better story, a better like movie you know yeah and then maybe that's sacrilege to some people but hey i mean hey I, this is coming from someone who star wars is life so you know <laughs> what i mean and i'll still say aliens is like a better movie um, well yeah and it yeah it's a it's a good movie by itself and like the difference between aliens and star wars if we're gonna go there um is that star wars has this giant continuing story and these different kind of elements whereas this alien aliens universe is very much the same elements and i can only assume that aliens 3 is very similar yeah to alien and alien. Sorry for all the noise outside. I mean, I'm right by a super busy road. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it's you're you're not wrong um, because it's so singularly tied into like Ripley, like her character. Yeah. Um, alien Three. I mean, you know, if you ever see it, it's not the worst movie ever. Uh, it was directed by David Finch, Fincher, um, uh, who did you know Seven and everything. So it's like, I mean, it's beautifully made. It's a, it's a well crafted film. I just don't love it, and it kind of... You didn't need it. Well, I didn't need it. You're right, 100%, because it also does some things that 
that actually negate this movie. Um, can Ooh. I can I tell you? Do you care? Yeah, you ever... sure. I'm not probably not going to. Yeah, see I, and I don't. Right and now. I don't. I wouldn't recommend. I would honestly say, Tess, watch the director's cut of Aliens before okay. watching uh, <laughs> before watching that. But um, okay. so it, the movie basically starts uh, with her, Hicks, and Newt on the ship, you know, and everything, and and basically a face huggers on there, and uh, a fire happens, and they all. Four get ejected out of the ship, land on a prison planet, um, but their escape pod crash lands, and Newt and Hicks both die. And so it's only Ripley. No. It's it's only Ripley in Alien Three. Nixon who Newt die, and you know, at least they died asleep in in cryo sleep. You know, but Ooh. but it it completely negates the emotional journey that you went on in Aliens and. Every, so many people just do not like that aspect of Alien 3. Um, oh, man. But no, thank you. I will say Alien 3 does introduce a more, an actual fun concept, which is um, when the aliens, uh, the ho- they actually take on the attributes of the host. So in Alien 3... Uh, it's a dog that gets the that there's only one alien in Alien Three. They kind of wanted to bring it back to like its roots sort of thing and make it just a yeah. a one alien versus a bunch of people who have no weapons. So like it's you yeah. know it's kind of picking them off, but yeah. it's it's kind of looks more dogish than um than humanoid. And so moving forward, that is a fun sort of trait that the series started to implement. So uh, <laughs> if if an alien busts out of a out of a cow. It'll be more thick and bulky and kind of look more like a bull. If it if it comes oh. if it comes out of an ele- like if it impregnates an elephant and pops out of an elephant, it'll be it'll look more like an elephant. If it comes out of a dog, it'll run on all fours. And then the ones that you see, the only ones that you've seen so far, an alien and aliens, have all come out of humans, and thus mm-hmm. that's why they have that humanoid sort of shape. Yeah. Okay. Okay. That's a, that's a have, neat little thing. It's and it's nothing yeah. that you know. It's nothing that really cool. whatever. But it's it's a fun little yeah. trait that they added, and then moving forward, it's something that everyone sort of keeps working with. Which I I'm, I always like that. I'm like that's fine. But do you um, know who directed Aliens Three? Yeah, David Fincher. The oh oh oh, you just said that. Oh, see that's the thing too. So many hands are in it. Like Ridley Scott, amazing. Obviously James. Not Dave Cameron, um, obviously amazing. Yeah. David Fincher, I'm not familiar with him, he, and don't scream at me no, in cars. I'm not familiar with he, him. He uh, he did seven. Um, he did the uh, the U.S. version of the girl with the dry, uh, the tattoo. The first yeah, one, yeah, yeah, the very first one um, of the U.S. ones, not the the other yeah, ones with the James Bond guy. Yeah, 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 that one. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, so he's he's a he's a you know he's a pretty big big movie director and in a very competent movie director a very uh, acclaimed movie director and i don't think anyone has a problem with his directing of alien 3 it's really mostly about the fact that the script killed off uh, newton hicks basically and that was like thus negating the entire freaking point of of aliens and so yeah that's why even when i was younger I mean, I was, of course, super excited when Alien 3 came out. Like, I couldn't mm-hmm. wait for because I was already reading the Aliens comics and everything. Um, but at that point, I was like, oh, okay. And that's where it creates this, like, sort of divergent timeline where the movies go off in one direction and the comics go off in another direction. But the point of contention is post-aliens. So, like, Alien, okay. they, they both, all of them use Alien and Aliens as the backdrop. And then it, and then they kind of shoot off in two okay. different directions. So. Okay, well, we can, you know what we can say? We can say that Alien and Aliens, or just the, the, the whole 
world in general like it has birthed a lot of really cool sci-fi projects mm-hmm. from that like you know it, it and we've talked about it here but i also think that it um also it, it looks a lot like stranger things <laughs> the, <laughs> the demi gorgon aspect and then also like don't they kind of do an underground like web thing to make them grow I, they they don't use humans at ho- as hosts i'm not remembering it was so long ago but it's very like similar concepts and it like a lot of this reminded me of a lot of sci-fi films that i have seen yeah. like f- like firefly when they just go on a, a ship to see if there's any survivors or treasure yeah <laughs> or you know or just like um uh going awol and just totally going off script and becoming rebels you know it's it's a lot of a lot of intergalactic uh, influence. <laughs> yeah, no, I mean, Aliens was a, is a huge influence on on movies. I mean, even video games. The uh, the Halo series for Xbox. Um, I mean, they've the designers, or the guys who created guys and gals, the people who created it, have even come out and said like all the, the the ships and stuff. It's all inspired by Aliens and and the Colonial Marines especially. Like, I'm not the only one who is completely fascinated by the Colonial new marines and everything it's you see a lot of of the influences moving forward and yeah like firefly is one of them and i'm sure you've seen times where a character like hudson you know is like kind of scared and or he starts like he pretends like he's a badass then he gets scared and you're like okay he's gonna be he's gonna stink he's not gonna be any good but then he kind of brings it back around you know and then he still you know he still dies but at least at least he goes out a hero versus you think he's gonna be sort of sniveling and you know you've seen that kind of character before in movies oh, and yeah. and they it all comes from Hudson. I mean this this Bill Paxton's Hudson performance is iconic at this point. Like that's the thing like especially when we were recasting the movie for the for the blast from our past episode Every performance at this point is iconic. How do you mm. how do you how do you recast Bill Paxton? How do you recast uh, Sigourney Weaver? Like all of these actors, oh. all of these characters, because of this movie, are iconic now. You know? Oh yeah, absolutely. And speaking of casting, that reminded me. I do want to cast Zula Hendricks. I think the the actress and her name is escaping me. The, the actress who plays uh, Crazy Eyes in Orange Is the New Black. Mm. Oh, she's- I think she'd be. She's got passion. I think she'd totally dive headfirst in that character. I think she'd be great. Oh, man. That is, yeah, <laughs> I actually, uh, when I did watch um, Orange is the New Black back in the day, uh, first couple of seasons, uh, I liked mm-hmm. uh, Crazy Eyes was actually one of my more favorite characters. Because once actually, once you started to find out her backstory and kind of dug yeah. into the character, I was like, oh, oh, I, yeah, I like her. Yeah, you know, yeah. you sort of start feeling. But she does a, that actress does a fantastic job as that. And I could totally see that. I don't know how, how tall she is. I guess it doesn't matter because uh, you know, mm-hmm. uh, Zula is supposed to be like tiny or something. Five foot. Yeah. yeah. But yeah, she would be great. And I, I would love to see this comic like adapted into a movie or an animated. They just, they don't do a lot of like the alien stuff. Well, shoot Fox. I mean, Disney now owns Fox. So That's true. we can, who knows what they're going to, what Disney's going to do with the alien uh, franchise. Now it's, it's kind of sort of dead in the water a little bit. Um, like I said, alien three wasn't that great. And then alien resurrection was even worse. Uh, and that takes like, like that takes place even later. Uh, and they kind of like have to clone Ripley and it's like even further in the future. And again, Whoa. it's another director. That's a great director. But the movie just kind of stunk, and I was like, uh. and that was the last one that uh, Sigourney Weaver did. She was like, okay. she was like, she's I'm done. like, I'm out. Yeah, she's like, yeah. I'm done. I'm done. This is getting ridiculous. Yeah, I'm yeah. done with that. But um, but I mean, Alien Three has its 
moments. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, it, it's not the worst thing. And, and I will say this. Uh, so Dark Horse, the, the, the same company who published this, uh, Aliens Defiance, they um, – they put out back when they had the Star Wars license before uh, Marvel took it. Um, mm-hmm. They they put out you know all the Star Wars stuff and everything. And one of the coolest things that they did was they adapted George Lucas's first draft um, of Star Wars, which is Ooh. so vastly different. It's it's there, <gasps> obviously there's a lot of shades of stuff. You like I recognize things, but it is so different that you just it's it's insanely different. And it's a uh, new story. Yeah, gotcha. it's like a whole different story. And and his name is even Luke Skywalker. It's like Luke Starkiller. It's all kinds of stuff. And um, but Dark Horse, what they did was they took that script and turn it into a comic so now you can actually like follow it see what it looks like that's cool. and it, yeah so freaking cool such a freaking cool idea and they did it again uh just recently um so as much bad mouthing as i'm giving alien 3 there is a fabled unused original script that people who have read it are always like why wasn't this the movie and no and way. like it's supposed to be so much better i've never read it or whatever but dark horse did the same thing and they just put out a hardcover and they adapted that alien 3 original script not the one you actually see on the screen but they adapted right. the original script in the comic book form and i am dying to read it just to see how different <gasps> it read is it. i want I'm, yeah i'm, I'm like- gonna i may buy it just to have it you know I mean, yeah. I mean, you'd read it. You'd yeah. devour it. And, and if it's any sure. good, if it's any good, I'll, I'll let you know. But uh, at this point, like, if we're going to do another Aliens thing, like, let's just do the second volume to this and be done with it. You know, like, that's the whole story. Yeah. Like, we can just be like, all right, now we're done, you know. Um, yeah, it's a good one. Yeah. I, I loved it. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> do you want to do you want to rate it? Yeah, <laughs> I, how, yeah, no, is, I want you, I want you to rate it. How, how did uh, I actually, you know what? Can I get a rating on Alien? Aliens? In, uh, individually and then alien defiance volume one three individual okay. ratings yeah i they're spoiler alert they're all the same rating um <laughs> alien is five hang on wait 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 i'm trying to go way back it's five escape pods <laughs> okay and then aliens is five flamethrowers nice and then um i would say that the comic book was five androids that look like davis that <laughs> attack the ship <laughs> nice I love and you it. sir <laughs> oh man uh alien uh, i'd give uh five crazy android heads uh there you go. <laughs> out of five yes. um aliens i i give 10 colonial marines out of five <laughs> <laughs> uh, and then Alien Defiance, uh, Aliens Defiance Volume 1, I give uh, four and a half face huggers out of five. And it's only because my boy Tristan Jones uh, did not do the entire run. And I mean, I, and I, I don't know this, like why. I, I assume, sure. you know, I, I don't have any clue like why. Um, I just love his artwork so much. And, and I don't dislike the, the, the artist that, you know, came in and, did the the issues that he didn't do? I don't d- didn't dislike them by any means, but when you have literally your favorite artist doing it, you don't yeah. want to see anyone <laughs> anyone else. You're do like, it. no, this is what it looks like, man. Yeah, this is it. yeah, exactly. Yeah. So I got you. Yeah, and that's literally the only reason it got knocked down by a hair. <laughs> a hair. A, a hair. <laughs> yeah, that's awesome. Yeah. But well, good. Thank you for introducing this series to me. Like, it's I honestly I would have never watched it or read it if it wasn't 
for you. <laughs> and I, I mean, I'm so happy that you liked it. Um, I know that we were originally going to do a different Aliens comic, and it had, a, I mean, not that it freaking matters, but it had a, a male protagonist that actually is kind of a piece of crap. That I, yeah, the artwork is great in it, and the story's kind of neat, but I was like, man, the protagonist in that comic's kind of a piece of crap. And I was like, wait a minute. I was like, this comic over here, I'm like, because it, it was a while since I'd read, read Defiance. It's a few years old. Um, and I was like, oh, man. I was like looking at it, and I was like, oh, I forgot how much I loved uh, Zula Hendrix. And I was like, oh, I bet Tess will like her too. <laughs> so I'm, I made that like, like what, day before you even read it. I was like, Tess, can we switch it? Uh, yeah. Which is actually, like, yes. <laughs> which actually is fortuitous because I found out after the fact that the boys over at Talking Back are actually going to be reviewing the comic that we were originally going to review. So it all just works out. But I was like, you know what? I was like, I I'm, I think Tess might like this one a little bit more. Um, mm-hmm. And I did, I did, you know, mentally tailor it, you know, for you. But I'm glad that I got that right. You know what I mean? It means that I'm, yes. I'm kind of like learning your comic book taste and everything. And yeah. uh, um, real quick, let's just circle back around. Props for uh, now being able to knock out six issues in like an hour and a half. You're as fast as me at this point. <laughs> like that's that's as fast <laughs> as me. And uh, and and it's and it's cool because. I mean, you're right. Like it's starting to flow better. Yeah. You're like, okay, well, I'm, I'm. You don't have to think about it. You're like, okay, here's where it's going. And there were a yeah. couple of splash pages, um, but they were pretty mm-hmm. easy to follow. He kind of, they, yeah. they kind of didn't put any much dialogue in the splash pages, which made it a lot easier. Yeah, it was a lot of action. Yeah. They kept the action in the comic. I, I did want to add that there was a lot of action yeah. in the comic. Yeah, yeah. Well, between it was cool. uh, <laughs> yeah, tons. Of, and he and Tristan Jones does such a good job with like atmosphere and stuff. Like when when they were investigating, uh, you know, one of the ships, you know, she's kind of trying to look through a door, and all of a sudden the hand, alien hand, reaches out. You know, and yeah. he just does a good job with like lighting and shadows and and pacing and like camera angles and stuff. It's just, but his artwork is. So so detailed that I I can only imagine that he's not the fastest is probably why uh, there had to be, you know, a couple artists called in. I don't know. Again, I don't know. Yeah. I'm just assuming yeah, yeah, yeah. that maybe his his because his level of detail in every single panel. He's another one of those artists where there's no like panels where it's just black background or something like right. every single frame is detailed. He's like Frank quietly when we read we three like every single panel no matter how small it is he will draw what is ever in the background like he'll draw everything which is exactly how it was like okay so in the alien aliens film films i that was one thing that i noted was that like even the whole entire sets were everything was just so detailed even that in in alien when it was in the room and there were like a million gazillion tiny buttons in the white room with mother And, and and you know what that's awesome it's just a testament to like it's like they pull these themes from the movie, which is like the strong female protagonist or like the details. Like he was trying, I think he was in that. And I just discovered this in my brain. Like, and maybe you'll agree, but he's pulling it because there are details, so many details in the film mm-hmm. that he's like, oh no, if this is going to be an aliens comic, then we got to go all out. Ex- so maybe that's why. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And he just goes over <laughs> overboard with, uh, with the detail and everything, which, which I love. And, and it kind of yeah. always brings me back to the, to the idea of like, it kind of stinks. Like, you know, if this movie, if or this comic, I think came out in 2014. So mm-hmm. you know, that's like six years ago. 
at this point, do, do we care that, you know, he might not have made a, a month? You know, like, do we care now that what if they didn't come out for one month and they just said, let's just wait for him to fill, do the whole thing and wait yeah. for his time schedule? I don't know. I feel like you have a more complete piece. And I just wish sometimes publishers wouldn't care so much about having to be monthly. Like, oh, it's yeah. got to be monthly. It's got to be monthly. It's like, well, can it just not and then just put it out and then you're like hey this looks neat and now we have like you know a complete again this is i am not crapping on on the artists that came in and and, you know they they were fine they were fine but i just Mm -hmm. love tristan jones's art so much well i mean to your point it's like cut to the last seasons of game of thrones where they didn't use george r r martin hey you know what look you're gonna get gripes no matter what okay so would you want to get gripes that it wasn't out on time or would you rather get gripes that hey the story freaking sucked dude yeah like and now and now we we live in a world where let's all admit it the zeitgeist is Game of Thrones ended crappily, and even you know we even talked about the time we didn't hate the last season, but come on, right. it didn't end as strong as as the show started, you know. And sure. and now that's kind of all people remember about the show. We don't remember like how awesome it was, how we were watching it. We just kind of remember the ending kind of stunk, and you know what? They basically pulled a Lost, and you know the ending for Lost stunk, and now it's like yeah, yeah who who the heck wants to go back and rewatch <laughs> rewatch Lost? Because you know the ending's yeah. gonna stink. So now like you know I had like a bunch of. Game of Thrones seasons. I'm like, I'm never going to watch these again because the freaking yeah. I, I am. I know that there's a bunch of people that believe that the journey is what matters. I think that the destination very much matters. Like the ending of your movie or your series or whatever. Ha- come on, it has to be good. Like otherwise, yeah, you're just you're stuck it with. Up. It's what you remember. It's the last thing you saw. You know, yeah. like it's that's all we're stuck with. Now we all have this bad taste in our mouth from the last it's season. True. Yeah, and the journey may be important for life, but maybe mm. not for a story. Right. Guys. A story's supposed to be like like imparting something on us, you know? Like it's supposed yeah. to be like telling a story, you know, a beginning, middle, yeah. and end. Uh, you know, so and I don't know. So yeah, I'm I yeah, that's I subscribe to I guess the older I get, the more I look at uh um, you know, content, I look at it as more of an at an evergreen with an evergreen eye and I that's how I want to produce content that is evergreen that's why we you know we don't you know talk too too much about current events we just you know at the beginning we have fun with it but we try to keep the podcast evergreen because yeah. it's just like you know the, the coronavirus will be done one day but this episode will be up forever you know that's true that's true um oh one more point so I would just also like to thank you for introducing me to Mad Max Fury Road but uh, something that I saw from this one and the other one is that there were a lot of things that they didn't tell us, but it was like they didn't need to tell us mm. kind of things. Mm, like what? Like like um like the the military stuff and how mm. on earth they decided that they needed to go out and colonize. We didn't have to know all that whole story. We could find it later on, which I like I kinda I kinda subscribe to like I I like those kind of stories where it's like we don't need all the BS, man. Like let's just get to the meat of the story. Mm-hmm. Um and this certainly did it in all like from top to bottom and anything in the comic and in the movie, like it, it did that here as well, which 
it also was in Mad Max, yeah. which was cool. Which is, so. yeah, good good world building, essentially. You know, that's, yeah. that's, that's good world building. And you're right. Like, even in Alien, there's no, like, opening crawl, like Star Wars, like, telling you what, what's going on in this universe. You just know that it's in the future. And, you know, you had better eyes than I do. You saw the, the year that it, it takes place. Um, and you just know that it's in the future. And these, these guys are just truckers. You don't know what, like, Earth looks like. You don't know, you know. But they're but they're wearing baseball caps, so you can. Yeah, it's very relatable. You know, it was it's a very yeah. relatable thing. But you're right; like they don't they didn't talk down to the to the audience by saying, "Hey, we colonized space in the year 20." You know what I mean? Like how a lot yeah. of sci-fi movies have to start out by telling you what the bad what the setup is. Whereas mm-hmm. al- this is just yeah, and and you know yeah, and you don't know the backstory on on the Marines and aliens, but yeah, you, but because the actors do. You, you don't need to it just but it adds a layer to it you know yeah and it's just like yeah don't don't baby us like just give us the details as we go yeah. it's fine well we're here for it exactly exactly you know? but i'm i'm so happy that you liked it i I, I figured you would like Ripley, you know, I figured you would like yes. uh, Sigourney Weaver's character, um, mm-hmm. wasn't sure about the gore and stuff. I mean, even when you told me you were going to watch uh, Alien, I was like, oh, okay, uh, <laughs> all right, <laughs> I'm happy. Now I don't believe anybody when they say maybe you shouldn't watch it because of the gore. It's, I'm so weird, like, I can't do torture gore. Uh, okay. You know what I yeah, mean? Yeah. Like, I can't watch somebody get tortured, but if it's done or if it's done quickly or if it's done off screen or if it's done with fire engine red blood, it's not that bad for me. <laughs> I, I mean, I'm with you. I I grew up watching horror movies. I don't like Hostile and, and Saw and all that kind of stuff. Yeah. I don't. I am not a fan of the torture stuff, so I will n- no. I will never watch that kind of stuff. Um, I you know I like I always liked the the slashers, the Jasons and the Freddies yeah. and stuff. That's the kind of stuff I liked uh, and, and yeah. as a kid. And a, dead, and, dead, you know, dead. yeah, and I was like, that's fun. But yeah, I'm with you. I don't. I'm not a big fan of like uh, the 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 torture horror stuff. I hate yeah. that stuff. Yeah. I'm not a. Ugh. I don't like that stuff at all. It's like you can feel it. Yeah. You're like, Bleh. yeah, yeah. No. And yes, I, I mean, I also agree with you. Special effects have dramatically improved <laughs> since back in the day. Um, yeah. But I. Yeah, uh, so yeah. And did you uh, did you like the design of the aliens, by the way, and everything like with H.R. Geiger? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Absolutely. Um, they were um just creepy as as you know what yeah. they were. They were awesome, man. I I I really did. I can't think of a more terrifying alien. Well, other than like the Mars Attacks alien, but not physically terrifying, just murderous terrifying. <laughs> because, they, because they were basically murderous children. That's that's why they're yeah. terrifying. <laughs> that's scary. Yeah. Have you seen Chucky? I mean, I know, I know. <laughs> yeah. By the way, I love Mars Attacks. I love that movie. Me too. <laughs> Is there movie. a comic book? Because I will just. Oh yeah, there's a I'll, bunch of them. I want to do that. <gasps> really? Well, the, you, Mars Attacks started as trading cards back in uh, back in uh, like the fifties. Uh, they I were they that. were trading cards of picture like literally the card you would get is like this. 1950s looking guy in a suit like you know with his hat and his briefcase trying to run away from one of the mars aliens getting shot and like half of his body is turning into a skeleton like all that stuff that you saw in the movie comes from the trading cards and uh and then i think the trading cards were put out by tops um who also put out like you know uh, it was them branching out into a market that wasn't football baseball and basketball like how else can we make trading cards to to appeal to people other than sports so they did mars attacks and there's uh and then Tops created a uh, comic imprint um, in the 90s and brought the Mars Attacks uh, comics. 
out. I've never read them. I really don't know if they're that good. Like, I truly yeah. don't. I think they're kind of supposed to, they're just there for the gore. That's really what it's there mm-hmm. for, for the extreme gore, you know? Yeah. And the, the thing about the movie is that, like, it was directed by Tim Burton, yeah, right? Yeah. Like, it was, that's that's what made it, yeah. honestly. Like <laughs> Yeah, exactly. Like, uh, yeah, I've, I think I've leafed, I've, like, looked through a couple issues of Mars Attacks. But, like, you know, the art's never that great. And I'm just always like, nah, I'll yeah. just go watch the movie. Yeah. Aliens attack humans. Awesome. Yeah. Like, <laughs> we get it. <laughs> yeah. But, if, I mean, if you're ever open to reading any more Aliens comics, I'm, I'm always down. Um, but I wouldn't mind maybe sometime this year uh, circling back around and finishing up the uh, the the trade or the second trade, yeah. you know, the as its entirety. Whenever yeah. whenever you want to. I don't – we don't need to, like, make it a high priority. But um, yeah. we can do it at some point. Yeah, for sure. For sure. Well – Awesome. This is, I'm, I'm like, honestly, like I'm, I feel like my mind opens so much to pop culture today because I'm going to understand so much more, <laughs> especially all the memes that you send us <laughs> I, where John gets it. I have like, what? <laughs> yeah, you, you said something. I forgot what you were saying. And I sent a, the, a gif of uh, Sergeant Apone uh, chewing yeah. his cigar saying, uh, be my guest. Um, oh, okay. I said I was going to watch it. And you're like, be my guest. <laughs> be my guest. <laughs> I love Apone. Uh, I love uh, when at the beginning of the movie, when they're all waking up from cryo sleep, and he's like, uh, "A day in the Marine Corps is like a day on the farm. Every meal's a banquet, every paycheck's a fortune, every formation a parade." I love the core. <laughs> I love everything that that Apone says in that movie. <laughs> <laughs> he was awesome. He was perfect for that role too. He was. It was short, but like sweet. Yeah. In his role. And, and he he is he or he was uh, uh, unfortunately Al Matthews uh, passed away a couple years ago. Um, he was uh, a military military guy in real life he was um, oh see yeah okay. and i think that's why he got the gig you know because he was i think in vietnam or something um oh. and I, you might have have you ever seen the fifth element oh yes okay you saw him for a brief second in that uh he was one of the captains of one of the spaceships that gets destroyed by the the evil force it, when you oh. when next time you rewatch it just look yeah. for a, an older african-american captain and i think he's got his, his mustache uh but it's white now and you'll yeah. you'll recognize you're like oh that's apone yeah i love that i love like Honestly, like I would love to be like a like a sci-fi actress and just like be inserted into all these cool sci-fi films throughout my career. Like the girl who played uh Kaylee from Fire Firefly, mm. she's in like all these like little sci-fi films and everybody's like it's Kaylee, it's Kaylee. Like that's so cool. That's so like like you really like you have to if you know you know kind yeah, of thing. Like yeah. that's cool. Well, and and uh Newt, she's um she didn't really she became a, a teacher and she's in uh she's oh. a teacher in LA. So uh you can maybe oh. uh go track her down and talk to her. But she did a, she did a great job in that as she had no acting experience. Um when she was when great. they cast her. Yeah, and and uh you know the the scene when she's in the water and then that xenomorph comes up behind her. It's yeah. such a cool scene and everyone uh, apparently according to her people always ask her like oh was that scene scary to do and she's like no because the 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 stunt guy that was in the suit was kind of like just goofing off with her when they weren't you know rolling so just so just picture a full-on alien just you know kind of goofing off with a little girl you know and then and then yeah hey uh action and then you know he becomes the alien but you know he was in full suit (laughs) you know so she's like no it didn't scare me he was that was my friend you know what i mean like he was he was my buddy (laughs) <laughs> that is so cute. There needs to be a comic with like her, alien, like holding Newt, her yeah. hand, <laughs> <laughs> walking down the street. You know? Yeah. Yeah. 
guys. Yeah. But she, I mean, she does. She goes to conventions, and you know, she's supposed to be pretty approachable. You know, for everything. So, yeah, her name's Carrie cool. Hen. Um, but she's she's awesome. Everyone in that movie's awesome. So unfortunately, you know, Bill Paxton passed away. Um, but I did uh, I did get to meet um, uh, Michael Bean, who played Hicks. And that was okay. that was one. I mean, because so as a kid growing up with this movie in Terminator, he you know, he was in the first Terminator movie as Kyle Reese. So like he mm-hmm. was uh, Michael Bean as Hicks and Kyle Reese was like my my quintessential. This is what a guy like a, like a, an action guy is, you know, and I yeah. and even to this day, I like the fact that he's just he's normal looking. He's not like the rock or something like that's what makes him cool. He's just like a normal yeah. looking dude. You know, he's nowadays you cast him. That character would be played by the rock, you know, because they have to be like 400 pounds of all muscle and that's the only muscle, way yeah. you can be an action hero you know mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So. it's true actually action films are so different now they're they really so are. like for me i feel like they're so scripted i can't watch them anymore i'm like ugh. We know this. It's Die Hard. Yeah, yeah, right. Twelve hundred. Like, yeah, the, the millionth time. Like we we've, we've seen how yeah. this is gonna play out. You know, is is the Rock yeah. gonna jump through the air, being held by cords, and then you know, smash On into somebody? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. It's just like we get it. We we get it. Um, I will yeah. say this. Uh, first, you know, watching this in on a 4K TV. Um, was amazing. I picked up on some things I had never seen before, ah, uh, nice. which is really cool. I also saw all the cords that were holding the alien actors uh, <laughs> up, but you know what? I don't care. What? It doesn't. It's yeah, fine. Yeah, I was yeah. like, ah, there's the cord. That's great. You know? <laughs> <laughs> but you know, they, when they made this movie, they did not, you know, people did not have 4K TVs with insane resolution, you know, to be able to picture perfect pause and analyze every single freaking, you know, frame of it. Detail. So, yeah. Goodness. Exactly. goodness but i mean the, the movie's insane like the special effects are stan winston did the special effects it's just it's that movie's a tour de force of just mm-hmm. amazingness oh yeah and and i love that the alien was actually in a costume and not cgi right? that's cool right really cool i know i know nowadays it's all cgi Oh, boo. That, okay, look, that could be a whole conversation. Like, CGI is cool. I work in animation. Like, I get it. Like, you need it for certain things, but, like, you you don't. Like, the whole part of the craft is getting better at that craft. And I feel like sometimes when you do that, you give up on that. Mm -hmm. Like, it's like like a cheap ticket. You know, I don't... I don't always like it. It like cut to Star Wars one, two, and three. Yeah, <laughs> like, where all the backgrounds are barf. like like CGI and everything. Yeah, I was watching the Ford Star Wars. Forgive me, I don't remember the name of that one. What's the Ford Star Wars called? A- episode four. The, but the episode four. Yeah, New Hope. Yeah. That's the one that came out in seventy seven. So I was watching it on Disney Plus, and I saw where they inserted some CGI Ugh. stuff, and I was like, "Boo! Ew! This is this is gross! I don't like this! Like, I'm I'm out of it! And, I'm done! Like, and the worst, I would rather see strings. I know than that. And the worst part is too, like, you're also like looking at like early 2000 CGI. Like, I'm like, I'm yeah. always like, why don't? Because they keep releasing new versions of star wars you know and yeah. and they clean up the picture and they do all this cleanup stuff and i'm like but but job of the hut cgi still looks like trash like why yeah. why haven't you gone back and fixed that like fix yeah. that before you go and do all this other stuff yeah i mean i'm with you i didn't i don't like all that cgi added into star wars yeah well yeah and you're saying that like you're it's like yeah anyway that's just a whole thing. I know we need CGI. I know yeah. we do. I get it. But, like, not for everything, dudes. Like, just get creative, you know? Or, or use it to, like, 
hide things like hide the wires you know use the cgi yeah. to take out the wires or just you know you have the the person in the suit or whatever and it's like 80 percent practical and then you just do like 20 percent cgi on top of it just add a little stuff to it you know take things out take out zippers out of the the, the monster's costume or something and then add maybe some drool with cgi but it does, don't yeah. make it all cgi you know like make it real and practical you know yeah because then we're gonna buy into it more yeah and it makes it more real it yeah, yeah, exactly. It's it's like it just what it's what makes film making a craft. Yeah. You know, in my humble opinion. Yeah. You know what I mean? It just that's just for me. Some people are like, "No, I'd rather have CGI." I don't know. But And the good thing is, honestly, if you do ever watch Alien 3, there's no CGI, there's very little CGI in that one. Uh it's mostly oh, um, you know, either if the creature is a guy in a suit or they'll do actually stop motion or stuff like that. Um, and then in alien resurrection, I think they actually started doing some CGI scenes with the aliens, but for the most part, they still used, uh, people in suits, you know? So okay. yeah. And cool. moving forward, I'm sure it'll all be CGI at some point, sadly, yeah. but well, I've officially seen your top three favorite, um, worlds. <laughs> yeah, and I, now I need to reciprocate. We need to start, like, you need to start, like, opening my eyes to, to and I mean, I've, I know I've seen, like, I know you love um, Elvira, Mistress of the Dark and stuff, but I haven't mm-hmm. seen that in forever, so I would like to revisit that with you one of these days. Okay. Um, <laughs> okay. I know, right? You're like, you don't need to twist my arm man. for that one. Um, but yeah, I'm I, trying I, to... I want to I dive into, I want to dive into your worlds, too. I, I enjoy when we do, like, I enjoy when we do, like, Harley Quinn and stuff. I like, yeah. uh, I like getting getting into your head as well, you know. Yeah, I mean, I'm 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 trying to think what my worlds are. Like Firefly, Harry Potter. Honestly, I like I wasn't I didn't grow up around dudes and nerds, and I just this world is so interesting to me. That's why I'm like all about it. So I'm just trying to think like what were my worlds? Sweet Home Alabama. Like, <laughs> you want to watch some romantic comedies? That I <laughs> I'd have to really think about it, honestly. <laughs> Well, I'm open for anything because you've been nothing but uh, patient with uh, absorbing <laughs> all of my things. You know what I mean? <laughs> well, it's fun. Like they're good. Like Mad, like I, like Mad Max, Furiosa, and freaking Ripley here. Like they're now like in my top ten. Like I'm like, yes, I love those girls. Heck yeah. yeah. And so, so I mean, so thank do you. I. <laughs> <laughs> hey, I, I didn't yeah. make them. <laughs> um, I mean, I yeah. love them too. I think I think it's great. I don't. I I I. I want I've always wanted to see strong females doing stuff like this like because I mean like I said I grew up with I grew up with this movie I grew up with Ripley like so honestly she was more of an action hero to me earlier than you know Die Hard or whatever it's like you know so I'm like I was I've always been chomping at the bits to see uh strong females just kicking butt and everything that's why I love Gina Carana you know I love any yeah. any female character that just kicks butt like Cara Dune um man she was so awesome and and it's cool i love it i think it's great ruby rose you know anytime she's doing stuff she's awesome Mm -hmm. oh yeah i've i'm there yeah there's there's a lot of really cool action chicks who uh well, I'm trying to think of some right now that aren't like in the nerd world. I'm sure. Oh, Tomb Raider, obviously, like Angelina Jolie. I loved her and that, yeah. you know, stuff like that. So, yeah, there's a bunch. Now I got to think about it. And I'm going to try not to zone out trying to think of what, <laughs> what we could do. Hermione Granger's pretty awesome. Oh, okay. yeah, no, she's, she's totally cool, too. I got, I got no I got no beef with uh, with Harry Potter. I mean, I ain't going to read the books, but I've seen every movie. You know, I've okay. seen all of them. Um, <laughs> I, I, I enjoyed them and I 
I enjoyed every movie that I watched of Harry Potter. I've only okay. ever seen them all once, but I've all I enjoyed every single one of them. Okay, yeah, I'll, I'll take that. <laughs> <laughs> You're like, I'll take it. <laughs> yeah. Well, this was a, a long um, yeah. episode, but I think I could keep picking your brain uh, about it. And, and you <laughs> know, if we rewinded time and I think we would have maybe done an individual one for each movie, but we didn't know you were mm-hmm. going to freaking marathon like five <laughs> hours of of alien today i i'm, I'm jealous i'm like man i wish i could have <laughs> been there with you guys watching freaking alien and aliens back to back that sounds like a great day to me <laughs> and yeah. talking about it on the podcast it's like that sounds like heaven to me <laughs> yeah this this oh man if i didn't use a joke before i can say this day has been out of this world but i used that joke before <laughs> oh. i still mean it it's there and Corey's still laughing so that's fine okay <laughs> I, I I enjoy it. <laughs> good. Good, good, good. Well, awesome. Um, well, thanks. Yeah, there we go. That's uh, I'm <laughs> cool. sure we'll be talking more about aliens later. And uh, at some point, we will finish. We'll do volume two at some point. I, I think you okay. and I have them, by the way, on, on my comicsology, so it won't be a problem. Um, Perfect. We'll just figure out where to, you know, maybe we'll be at a time where we something falls through and we're like, oh, no, we got to scramble for something and we'll just knock this out again because it'll always be there. For sure. And now I have, I know the whole story to it. So yeah, that's cool. Very cool. Well, Mr. Corey, where can we find you in uh, cyberspace? Yeah. Uh, yeah. Just go, go make sure you go listen to that uh, interview with Jeanette Goldstein. Um, it's uh, the podcast is called podcasting after dark. And uh, that episode, you'll see it. It'll, it'll say Jeanette Goldstein in the title. And uh, like I said, it'll be up for a couple more weeks, but not in after the month. And then it'll go back to uh, Patreon. So I just want everyone to go check it out for free now while you can. Obviously, if you want to join the Patreon, I'm not going to stop you, but I'm trying to get you to, <laughs> to, to see, hear it for free. And I think uh, if you're listening to this episode and you've listened for an hour and a half so far, then you're definitely going to want to listen to uh, what Jeanette Goldstein has to say. But uh, yeah, other than that, go and check out uh, BFOPnetwork.com and you can see every single podcast that's out there and I'm on a handful of them. Tess, where can we find you out there in, in cyberspace? Well, you can obviously find me at OCD Podcast on Instagram. We are there, but my personal Instagram is at Tessianos, T-E-S-S-L-A-N-O-S. All right. Well, thank you guys so much for tuning in to another episode of Ongoing Comic Book Discussion Podcast. I'm Tess. And I'm Corey. And we'll see you guys next time. <laughs> uh, can I do the boop, boop, the, the, the sound of the, uh, the motion tracker? By the way, how terrifying is that when you hear those blink beeps coming? Oh, And that, dude. you know, pain beep, beep, is coming. Yeah. Yeah, and they're like, it's coming. And I'm like, look it's, up, It's dummies. in the room. He's like, yeah. he's like, I'm reading it right. He's like, well, you're not reading it right. <laughs> you just, yeah. I was like, guys, come on. Oh. There are great, like, it grates or something yeah. above and below you. Come on. And that shot when Hicks actually, like, looks and he's, like, panning over with his flashlight and then he just sees yeah. them, like, crawling there and he just, like, falls yeah. back, like, firing. Like, I love that. Oh, my God. That movie's so There's, cool. There's, like, 20 of them. I was like, no, no, no. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, All right. your look was the exact same as his on your face. Like, no. <laughs> All right. <laughs> Bye, guys. This has been another episode of Ongoing Comic Book Discussion with Tess and Corey. Follow us at OCD Podcast on Instagram and Ongoing Comic Book Discussion Podcast on Facebook. You can also review us on iTunes. Follow us on Spotify and support us on Patreon. Tune in next week 
for another episode of Ongoing Comic Book Discussion with Tess and Corey. Hey everybody, I'm Corey. And I'm Zach. And we're the hosts of Podcasting After Dark, a cast dedicated to late night horror and sci-fi of the 80s and 90s, often found on HBO and Cinemax. You know, the movies your parents didn't want you watching as a kid. You can find us every other week on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Podbean, and Stitcher. This is what you want. This is what you get.